starting to feel a lot like Christmas, and by that I mean I'm overscheduled, under-rested, and totally broke. And in the middle of the chaos of this season, I've just been longing to have some really like good, thoughtful conversations mm-hmm. to recenter yeah. me. And so to everyone who's listening, we want to say we hope you're enjoying the season, and we hope this uh, episode brings you a little bit of joy. Um, we're really excited about our guest mm-hmm. today. Yes, yes, our guest. Uh, we... For first person, I have to say that I DM'd on Twitter to ask about doing the podcast, which I'm so excited about. Uh, she is a spoken word artist, a poet, and author of two books, but recently published one just in the last few months called How to Fix a Broken Record. Thank you so much for joining us, Amina Brown. Oh, my gosh. I am I am excited to be here. I feel very fancy. Oh. <laughs> like, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel book fancy. Yeah. Oh. You know? Atlanta so, Vintage will do that to you. It's like, a, I almost feel like I'm not worthy to be in this book. So I'm like, oh, I'm not this. This is really way It's kind of like my childhood dream. Like, you yes. know, like, I remember reading like, a, not, what is that book called? Not The Princess Diaries, but uh, like, like The Secret Garden and mm-hmm. some of that genre, you know, where it's like, there's this place where like, the door opens and you're there, you know? <laughs> and like, as you guys are walking me to the back, I'm like, this is my childhood dream. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a place with all these books, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It, and particularly, yeah. we're in the metaphysical reading room right yeah. now, so there's all this energy coming yeah. out of the books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm here for it. It's like, it's like book crystals. It's great. Oh, man. <laughs> well, how's it been going? I mean, your book just released re- recently, and uh, have you had opportunities to do readings and things like that around? Yeah, I actually did my first ever uh, book signing event at Barnes & Noble Edgewood over wow. on Caroline Street. Oh, nice. So it was so, it's such a crazy feeling when you're a reader. That's like my home Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. where like if I'm gonna go oh, wow. you know buy things from Barnes and Noble I go to that one mm-hmm. yeah. so it was so crazy to go there and see like my face on a poster like yeah. I'm having a book signing in my <laughs> home Barnes and Noble you know so I was just trying to like soak it up just be like you know what this is my first book signing and like my people yeah. they came out and awesome. it was so beautiful so that's probably been one of my favorites and I, I featured at Java Monkey mm-hmm. Java oh, Monkey Speaks yes. Uh, yeah. The weekend of Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. so that was nice. That was That's just awesome. it's, it's been a lot of like coming home feelings, mm-hmm. you know, to different spaces and, yeah. and venues. So that's been really good. That's amazing. That's awesome. Which shout out? Speaking of which, we I know we we're a very Atlanta centric podcast. Shout out to Java Monkey. Yeah, big shout out to Java uh, Monkey. I love, and I'm glad you brought it up even in the book too. And I'm really that's one of those. If you haven't checked it out yet in Atlanta, check it out. That's amazing. So your book, can you kind of describe the like behind the scenes, behind the title? And yeah. then also, was there something in your life that, that you started noticing broken records and that kind of what inspired you to, to start this book? Like, was there a specific moment or just kind of a series of events that you started noticing broken records in your own life? Yeah, oh. the the form idea for the book came to me first mm-hmm. before the title did <laughs> where I was like I know what form I yeah. want to use then it was like five more months of like oh I wonder what I'm gonna <laughs> write about but mm-hmm. I had spent like a summer uh, reading a lot of books written by uh comedic women writers right. so I'd read uh, Amy Poehler's Yes Please mm-hmm. and Tina Fey's Bossy Pants and Mindy Kaling's Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me mm-hmm. and Other Concerns <laughs> and uh, I read uh, Issa Rae's Misadventures of Aqua oh. Black Girl mm-hmm. 
And uh, one thing that was very consistent among all four books is that all of the chapters were shorter and it sort of played mm -hmm. on the book form to me. Some of the chapters were lists of things and some yeah. of the chapters would be like a couple of paragraphs and then it would go on to like something else. And in a couple of them, there'd be like an overarching topic and then there yeah. were shorter chapters underneath. So I knew I wanted to use that form. And then like a few months went by. <laughs> so yeah. like, I come up with something to write, you know? And I, in the book, I have a chapter called Family Business where I, I write about uh, just a hard time in our family. And I was having a very real and honest conversation with my dad. Mm -hmm. And I left that conversation with my dad really thinking about how there's so many like messages mm -hmm. that we have inside that really uh, stem a lot from childhood and from some really landmark moments, like mm -hmm. that first person you fall in love with or the first breakup you have, like a lot of messages yeah. that you take in about yourself really yeah. stem from those experiences. And so uh, for me, I left that conversation with my dad kind of feeling like, oh, I, I think I've accepted some things that were tr I thought were true about myself that really um, they didn't have anything to do with me. They were just some yeah. of the way that life went and some choices and things that happened in your family. Mm. And like, I don't have to take that on inside yeah. myself, you know, and uh, the actual <laughs> imagery that came to me was actually a film strip Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for anybody that's uh remembers film strips you know when you'd be in elementary school or whatever and like you'd get to the end of it and you'd hear that flapping of the strip yeah. at the end you know and i thought well gosh who's gonna remember film strips you know and i was like next best you know next closest <gasps> metaphor right yes. mm -hmm. i could think about is is vinyl and that wow. sound that the that what happens when the needle gets stuck in the groove and mm -hmm. that's yeah. kind of how those messages are and what clarity you feel mm -hmm. when you figure out like how to pick the needle up and put it at a better place on the record <laughs> mm -hmm. and that we need to do that in life yeah, so yeah. that's sort of when it hit me like now i know the content mm -hmm. yeah. of what this book is supposed to be that's awesome it's yeah. funny you mentioned that chapter family business because that was i mean all that, a lot of the chapter but that was one that kind of hit home the most where i recognize a lot of things from my past that i think now currently and i'm so i'm kind of a similar situation my dad left when i was young divorce all that stuff happened in the family and I think there's this idea that as you grow up that like a side of maturity is like getting I don't know getting past certain things like divorce like abandonment like and so you think oh if I'm still dealing with things that must be like childish that must be very but realizing that no there's still aspects of that in your life that you deal with and that you're still like this is going to sound really cheesy but like abandonment issues or like right, being totally. you know seeking approval wanting to be loved like that it's still every part of my life and still having to deal with it and and i think that chapter helped a lot and like recognize i'll be this is going to sound really silly but the first sentence or something where you mentioned like somehow sitting down with your dad i was like oh my goodness like i almost like i almost <laughs> knew yeah. it was kind of coming and i was like oh gosh i almost started crying. like just from that moment i was yeah. like yeah here we go oh man this is gonna be interesting so that was that that chapter definitely definitely stood out a lot yeah, yeah. It was one of my most uh, vulnerable chapters to write. Mm -hmm. And still, yeah. as you know, when you're uh, writing about your family, I had to write like the real version mm -hmm. of the yeah. chapter first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to just I had to just write it out yeah. and then decide how much um, will I need to edit down? You know, mm, how much yeah, yeah, yeah. how much of that story is necessary to tell the details of. Mm -hmm. And so I really stripped the chapter of a lot of details, just, you know, out of honor and respect for what that time was in our mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. But I, I, when I reread it, you know, of course, part of me felt like, is this gonna be too diluted for the reader? But then yeah. I thought, 
for other uh, readers who know what it's like to have some moments like this, like they're going to fill in the blanks yeah. of what they know those moments to be in their own family, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So I felt okay in that case totally. about having to sort of mm -hmm. edit down. Cause I was like, yeah. we're not trying to write a tell all. I still got to, yeah. I still got to live with my family I, after this book yeah. comes out. <laughs> I, yeah. I could tell you're holding back, but, but in a good way, I think it was like, okay, this is, I think for the podcast, even there's a lot of stuff we don't, you know, they may listen. I don't anticipate that happening, but you never know. And I don't want to be, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to be like a tell all. Yeah. <laughs> they're different. Yeah. They're different approaches. Cause one of our former guests was like, if people didn't want to be, uh, in your stories, they shouldn't have acted like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's then, perfect. Like, Types up that think, mantra yeah. and puts it in my office. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think I would have to lightly fictionalize or, or mm. cover if I was, if I was digging deep. Do you have a feeling like having done that, even even with what you have revealed, I've always wondered, like, um, for musicians or any kind of artist who does autobiographical work, is it strange, like, when you meet people who have read your book or fans or at that book signing, you know, is it strange meeting someone and knowing, like, oh, they know a whole lot more about me than I know mm. about them? That is very strange. That's, <laughs> that's super strange because this is the most vulnerable book I've not even just book, vulnerable mm -hmm. piece of writing project, creative project of any kind. This is yeah. the most vulnerable one I've ever wow. released. So I remember being really excited about it because mm -hmm. I felt and I'm still I'm still excited about it and so glad it's out there because I, I feel proud of it. Yeah. I feel like I found my voice, you know, yeah. and I'm being myself, right? But I do remember like two weeks before this book was coming yeah. out, there were like at least three chapters and I was like, I need those chapters back really bad <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> I just don't know, if, you know? Yeah. And it's still been kind of weird meeting new people mm -hmm. And like getting ready to tell them a story and they're like, oh yeah, no, I remember that from the book. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, yeah. like, how much did I say? Yeah. Well, I remember even reading a book, I was like, oh, I want to ask her about this from her life. But then later on you talk about it, I'm like, ah, oh, man, okay, darn it. I was going to ask her about it. You know, there are certain things that happen. I'm like, let me, that's, I'm curious about this. And oh, no, never mind. You know what's funny? I just, I just finished recording the last episode of my book podcast for mm -hmm. how to fix a broken record. And it's actually a friend of mine interviewing me. It's like, oh. I'm, I've been interviewing nice. people for like nine episodes yeah, yeah. and cool. now someone's interviewing me for the last episode and I went on social media and put out like does anybody have any questions mm -hmm. and I had a few people write back and then he, uh, he and I were talking about it and I was like I wonder if I didn't get that many questions back because people are like yeah no you answered you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I was kind of wondering oh but then I got to chapter 30 and yeah. I was like yeah no she answered that <laughs> well, I was tempted because I saw that and I was going to write something I was like oh wait that might be a question I want to ask on the plot on my own, on her own. So I, I didn't say anything, but I was tempted. I, was, I had some ideas, but yeah. <laughs> you didn't contribute. I did, unfortunately. <laughs> Selfishly, we saved it for our own. I'm usually I respect not that it. selfish. I respect that choice. You gotta, when it comes to podcasting, you got to save your stuff for right here. I get that. Yeah. So when I, when I, uh, when you were talking about that feeling of like when the needles in the groove and you finally, I mean, that's like a visceral, I like records a lot. So that's a visceral feeling, like mm -hmm. the frustration of like hitting that and the relief of, of pulling the needle and moving it on. Um, but I was going to ask actually musically, is there music like that you like, cause mm -hmm. the theme and the image is you have to to have picked that you have to have had that experience of listening to music so is there music you kind of go back to or that you uh listen to while you're writing what what were you listening to during the development of the book i'll say i listen mostly to soul music mm 
Right. When I write poetry, interestingly, I listen mostly to jazz, to okay. like 60s, 70s jazz. And I would include of newer jazz artists, I listen to a lot of Robert Glasper, but kind of like straight ahead jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was interesting that I could not use jazz to write to for this book. I almost oh, wow. needed like the groove of soul music. I mm-hmm. listened to a lot of Erica Badu and nice. Eric mm-hmm. Roberson, Anthony David, Algebra, yeah. you know, uh, quite a few <laughs> Atlanta artists. Uh, I listened to Solange, A Seat at the Table, uh, uh, her record that came out in 2016. So yeah. Listen to her. I mean, because she just, just created this record that you could really listen to that album track for track. You just mm-hmm. turn it on and listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. lots of soul music, right. maybe, yeah. uh, maybe added to like the rhythm of how this book got written. Cool. That's, that's, that's interesting. Awesome. It kind of does make sense for poetry versus prose, jazz versus mm-hmm. soul. Yeah. They have different, like, soul kind of moves along a little more directly from yeah. one point to another so yeah is there is there i mean there's like aside from the music are you in a totally different headspace when you're writing poetry from when you're writing pose prose and how does that feel yeah completely different i can't write them both at the same time so mm-hmm. it's interesting as soon as i finish writing the book all these poems <laughs> have started coming out because <laughs> oh, wow. i think it's almost like you know my brain the side of my brain that writes poems is like nope can't do that now and so i <laughs> write books but it's still like gathering the information yeah. for what the poems mm-hmm. should be but yeah. it they will they will not come out until like the book's done mm-hmm. and then when i'm done writing the book the poems will be like hey hey you know i had an idea three months ago we didn't get to do it you know <laughs> yeah. so it's like interesting how the muse works yeah. that way yeah and for poems it's always interesting because you just can't you can't control how the poems get written. Like I can't sit down and try to meet a word count mm-hmm. on a poem and go, yeah. today I will write 300 poems, you know, 300 <laughs> words on this poem, mm-hmm. you know? And then I'll sit down and I have two lines and I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, why can't I write more, whatever, you know? <laughs> Whereas like when I was writing the book, I could, I could sit down. I actually didn't do word count this time. My first book, mm-hmm. I sort of had like a, you know, every day I'm trying to hit that mm-hmm. 1000 words. Yeah. Uh, this book is actually, I think, more true to the best form for me as an mm-hmm. author because mm-hmm. the chapters were shorter. I could kind of, in a week, take on a section yeah. and yeah. say, okay, this week I'm going to write through the dating section. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I you know, I had to learn this too. Some of the chapters were more vulnerable than others or mm-hmm. were harder to write emotionally than others. Oh, yeah. So then I might have to go, well... Whoop, that was too emotional. Let's skip over to yeah. lessons in adulting and write this goofy <laughs> chapter right here so we don't spend the whole week crying. All right, you know. So it was sort of like learning how to pace myself yeah. there. Um, I love both, but it is definitely a very different process. Yeah. Yeah. And you're hitting, so you're hitting that mark of like, should I share this? I'm like, was there anyone who like sort of led the way in terms of vulnerability in writing for you? Like any authors you, were, you read or anyone who inspired you said, I... I can do this. I can put this out about my myself or my friends or That's a really good question. I the first name that comes to my mind is Anne Lamott. Oh yeah. Ooh. She's just yeah. one of my favorite sort of spiritual memoir writers. Uh-huh. Um and I think she does have this way of being so honest and vulnerable without it feeling like patronizingly self-deprecating because sometimes Mm -hmm. you know it can feel like oh i'm stupid ha 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 kind of (laughs) writing you know and uh she's very much it's not like that she's very much like you know i'm an addict and i walk through sobriety in these ways and Uh these are the ways life sucks and let me (laughs) tell you about the time i you know (laughs) while you're sort of 
in the middle of that finding yourself feeling more hopeful yeah. Yeah. Um, even as she writes so she's definitely uh, one of my favorites as far as uh, spiritual memoir is concerned mm-hmm. that she's able to be as vulnerable as she is about like her life and her shortcomings and yeah. the hard stuff she's been through but being able to also be very be very hopeful mm-hmm. i um i love sumont kids mm-hmm. uh spiritual memoirs also mm-hmm. i'm in the middle of my second read on when the heart waits Mm. which is actually a book about her midlife crisis. And I'm not anywhere near a midlife crisis, but I think she writes about waiting and disappointment so well. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like I know it's like the last thing I want to do is read a book about waiting. And the book still makes me very mad when I read it. You know, I get through a chapter and I'm like, no, no, no. And I throw it across the room. Like I don't have to do this, Sue. I don't need this from you. I don't need all your chrysalis and whatever your visits with the monk. I don't care. You know, tosses it out, you know. But then like two months later, I'm like, yeah, okay, Sue, I'm back. What's up? So I would say, yeah, yeah, totally. So I would say those are those are two writers that I feel uh, have been able to be vulnerable without it feeling like oversharing. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. I have a question. We, we uh, like as an Atlanta author. Do you find are there spaces, or do Ooh. do are authors talking to each other, or do, do authors in Atlanta kind of like keep keep to their own desks? And how does like are there are there spaces where you go? Do you talk to or relate with other authors from from this city? You know, that's an interesting question because I'm like, oh, I, I am an author now. I. What? <laughs> I ought to connect more. <laughs> well, I think some of it is a lot of the authors I do know here in Atlanta are are not both and, but they they are multitaskers, right? Yeah, sure. So um, Colin Kelly, who y'all may be familiar with, who uh, is managing editor over at Atlanta in town, is mm-hmm. also a poet. He is a fiction author, but he's also a poet. Wow. So I met him as a poet. But we talked recently uh, just about uh, both of us, sort of our experience writing books, right? And so it's really his poetry that introduced me to him, but he's also an author. So I don't know that we would have met on just the basis of both of us writing books, but because we both kind of entered each other's community space from the poetry scene. And uh, the other author that I met who lives here, uh, Caitlin Curtis, who uh, just uh, released oh, Glory yeah. Happening. Yes. And our book's right. actually released on the same day. Oh, wow. We met online. I was just like watching her tweet. She's a Native American woman. And so I was just like, oh yes, I'm here for, yes, elevate the voices of Native American yeah. women. Yes, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm all over Twitter with it, you know? Yeah. And then I'm like, let me go follow her. And then she was tweeting and her location pulled up Decatur. And I was like, oh, <gasps> who's this author living in Decatur that I don't know? Whoa. So I, I sent her a direct message. Oh, nice. See how the direct messages work Seriously, on Twitter, right? They work. So I DM'd her like, oh girl, you living in Atlanta. You need to come to Dr. Bombay's and drink this tea with me and tell me all about yourself. And that's yeah. how we became friends, you know? Oh, great. That's so awesome. that is kind of how I have built some community with authors, but I'm still, I'm on a second book when I've been, writing poetry for much longer than mm-hmm. I've been writing books. Yeah. So sometimes I have, to, I feel like now that I'm at a second book, I'm like, I am an author. <laughs> you know, whereas before it was like, I'm a poet who wrote a book. Yeah. Now it's like, I am a poet and an author. You know? <laughs> I was convinced by the accent, right? At yeah. The there, Completely. yeah. That's what makes it real right there. Author. <laughs> Even though someone who is actually from England is like, please don't. This is yeah. not how we sound when we talk. This is not at all right. Hopefully none of them are listening today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
So when I lived in Chicago, um, which I did right before moving to Atlanta about eight years ago, and there was there they did like poetry slams, and there was a spot called the Green Mill. Oh yeah, happened. where slams started. Yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, you know, it was like it was like if someone dares to rhyme their poem, you can yell out the rhyme that you think it's gonna be at the end of the line, <laughs> and then like, you know, you do the snaps, and there were all these ways of like sort of heckling, but it was like a lively community. And since I've moved to Atlanta, I haven't really sought it out because I've been, you know, just busy and in other worlds. But are there spaces where, like, maybe not necessarily that kind of poetry slam because it'd be hard to duplicate, but are there spaces where, like, people go to hear each other's poetry or uh, where does that happen in Atlanta? Yeah, I've been here almost 20 years uh -huh. and Atlanta is my it's my home but it's also my poetry home it's where these are the spaces where i cut my chops as a performance yeah. poet you know so uh java monkey speaks that's been happening uh, every sunday that was founded by kodak harrison and is now helmed by the fabulous Teresa davis she's hosting that every sunday huh. um that's also a slam venue in atlanta there are three nice. uh, slam teams in atlanta now oh cool so oh, um, yeah yeah <laughs> new news uh just just recently the third uh slam team actually launched it's in the middle of slam season now so i'll tell you a little bit about that but Java Monkey Speaks has slam every second Sunday. Oh, and wow. it's not quite uh, the way that Green Mill is. It's definitely a communal space. Uh, there is still the heckling, but the heckling happens more like when the judges do the scoring, like when okay. they score the poets, you know. And if the audience <laughs> thinks that's wrong, like the score, the audience will go, boo, you know, yeah. they'll yell at the judges, yeah. you know. There's not as much yelling as the poet because we're like, you know, you feel, you feel, you feel like empathy, the yeah. poets up there bearing their soul, whatever. You try to let them finish, yeah. unless they're terrible. Unless they're really, really bad. You might be like, wah, wah, yeah. thing. <laughs> so that's one of my favorites. Um, nice. Art Amuck Slam is another uh, slam team that's here in Atlanta, and they do their events um, at the Red Light Cafe. Uh, once a month, they have a slam there, and so that's that's also a really wonderful space for poets. So I I go in and out of there. Have a lot of friends who have slammed for that uh, team oh. as well. And our new slam team is at Apache Cafe every first Saturday. Oh, uh, that is helmed by Ashley Hayes. So now there are three opportunities people have to see slam, yeah, or compete in it. And uh, Urban Grind, which is where I host. Uh, one of the open mics I host, I host Fifth Thursday there, and Urban Grind okay. and Java Monkey for me, as far as open mics are concerned, are uh, two of the most communal yeah. spaces we have in Atlanta where yeah. you'll see slam poets there, but you'll also see people who it's their first time. Yeah, you know, their awesome. first time bringing their journal, their hands are shaking, <laughs> you know, yeah. they went through the breakup, they got to like get the words yeah, out, yeah. you know, and like, I love that kind of space. That's yeah, my favorite right. space because it's like, that's a part of what open mic's supposed to be for. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's to be this open room, you know, we don't want hate speech. If that's what you have, get out, who cares, yeah. you know, yeah. but everything else, we want you to come share your story, mm, share your yeah. perspective and we want to listen and, and clap and, you know, maybe like boo a small amount, but mostly not. <laughs> Just enough to keep people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just to keep them sharp. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I feel like we should go there and do a live, I, do a live oh, episode man. from a yeah. live. Just record some of those. Slam. And yeah, yeah. We'll talk be... more about. Oh that yes, that's I really have opportunities. Kind of that would be. Mm, we'll work it out. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, we're in. Um, so Christmas is coming up. Yes. What's on your book? wish list for Ooh. Christmas this year. Mm. Oh, this is good. This Besides is good. that everyone buy your book. Right. Also. Please. Yeah. That would make a great Christmas, you guys. So the book, totally get the book. 
But you know what I did? I went to Audible and I downloaded the audiobook because I know you're a spoken word artist. So typically if I buy an audiobook, I try to buy someone that I know they're the narrator yeah. and they're a good speaker. Like they they speak in general. And so that was really fun. And I love the little bonus uh, poem at the end. Oh, yes. It was fantastic. And so if uh, to- not, I don't want to stop you from getting the book, obviously, the physical copy. But yes. hey, if but you the think about book, it, that counts. Audiobook <laughs> is great. That's a thing. And yeah. so that was a lot of fun to just hear and listen yeah. and I think there's some, I don't know, there's a little bit of ad, especially for people who narrate their own, yeah. their own yeah. works. I think that's really... And neat. we've debated that on this podcast. <laughs> like, does hearing the audiobook count as yeah. reading the book? And our answer is a resounding yes. Yes, yes unanimous, I agree. Yeah. Like, and I, I agree. Heard... I'm adding to the unanimous. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> like, I agree with that. The unanimity mm-hmm. is growing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for that. Yes. Yeah, people were asking before the book came out, they were like, please tell me you're going to have an audiobook and please yeah. tell me you're going to read it. And yeah. I was like, mm, once this book's out and you see what's in it, no one else should be left to have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like That seems like that's wrong of me to be like, hey, here's all this super personal stuff you didn't want to know about yeah, me. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And now it's your turn to just like, read it like it's your make thing. Make it sound. Yeah. You know? So I was like, yeah, I'll just, don't worry. I'll just do this. Everything's fine. Um, on my Christmas book list, Hidden Figures. I want to oh, read. Yeah. I want. I want. I want to read that. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I, I am like, I've got two weeks. Like, what's up? You know, yeah. what I want to read. You know, mm-hmm. so I definitely want to read that. That's nice. on my list. Um, I'm trying to think what other books I feel like I've missed out on because I feel like a lot of good books have come out and I just yeah. mm-hmm. like I can't read books when I'm writing a book. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't like do that. So I'm like, okay, like I want to know what that is. I'm trying to think anything else that's like on my list list. I'm sure I'll think of it as soon as we're totally. No, no worries. <laughs> yeah. As soon as we're done here, but like that's one that I'm like, okay, that's on my list. I want to read that. Yeah. Um, I'm really trying to read more and more women of color, mostly mm. women of color. So mm-hmm. thinking about like any books written by women of color, I want to read that. Like Jo okay. Saxton has a book coming out in January called The Dream of You. Um, her book is on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Channing Brown. Mm. has a book coming out in May of next year called I'm Still Here. That's like some really dope pre-order books. Gabrielle Union has a book uh, Mm -hmm. that just came out. You know, so I'm like, there's a few like books I'm like, I got to get into. I love Questlove as an author. So he has a book about food that I still haven't read <laughs> and i loved his other i've loved yeah. his other books we own his book on uh soul train like the physical mm-hmm. copy my sister gave it to my husband for christmas last year and i've read Mometa blues which is fabulous mm-hmm. so i'm just yes all those things huh i had <laughs> never read him actually i'm i'm learning i was never aware that he was an author we were listening to the roots this weekend and i think i don't know if this is true i think he's the most recognizable drummer in the world facts yeah. Yeah. Those are facts. Even even on silhouette alone, it's like even if he walked by and I was somewhere and I saw like his afro and the afro pick and like you know when yeah. he's like on a casual day he'll have like a hoodie on or something. Yeah. It's like if he walked by right now, I'd be like, oh, there's Questlove. Yeah. I know that's him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I hadn't. I'm I'm looking forward to reading now too. I've been. I like. He's one of the one of the people I'm a fan of that I've followed him literally through every iteration of social media that mm. I've been on. So when MySpace was out, oop, let me take a moment of silence. MySpace. <laughs> okay, so may it rest in peace. Yeah, may, yeah. may it rest in peace. MySpace. I can't say we miss you, but for the time, yeah, you know, even though it took you 20 minutes to upload, everything's yeah. fine. Um, so when MySpace was the thing, Questlove used to blog there. Oh wow! 
And he would like give all these details of like all this cool stuff mm-hmm. he was doing. Like he was like a great MySpace follow. Wow. And he's one of the reasons I got on Twitter because people oh, were wow. like, oh, he's not on MySpace anymore. But like on Twitter, Twitter. like he tweets all these things. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has like his regular Instagram account. Yeah. He also has an Instagram account, Quest Love. I think it's I think it's Quest Loves Food. Yes, I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and great. I'm like totally on there following that. Yeah. Yeah. I read, my husband and I were actually on a road trip and so I was being like the in-person audiobook. So mm-hmm. I was reading Mo Meta nice. Blues out loud, like in the car. Oh, I don't know why we didn't think about just listening to the audio, no, but oh well. <laughs> I was reading it and then we were supposed to like, you know, you know, like when you're in like a relationship, you're in a couple, you have like the certain things you're like, we read this together, together. we oh, watch yeah. this together. Yeah. So when we got out of the car, I definitely finished the book on my own because it was so good that I just oh, couldn't man. wait until we had like another moment where we were going to be together to read out loud. Mm-hmm. It was that it was that good, wow. like that good. <laughs> Mo Meta Blues, it was great. It was also one of the reasons why in my book I had soundtracks for each section. Mm-hmm. I didn't do as profound of a job as he did in Mo Meta Blues, but it's like this memoir that's carrying you from like Quest Love as a child mm-hmm. all the way to like him meeting Black yeah. Thought and yeah. how the roots get formed. Oh, like mm-hmm. you read through like all that in this memoir, yeah. but the time in it is marked by the music. Yeah. So he has these like, Sometimes it's like a page. Sometimes it seems like it's like five pages Mm -hmm. of him going, well, it was 78. And during that time, music was recorded like Mm -hmm. this. So I was just getting into listening to these artists. And I thought I would love this album, but I really didn't. And my parents said I couldn't listen to this one. So my sister (laughs) went in the record store for me. But, you know, like, I mean, he's really, you know, he's like a music archive, basically. Mm -hmm. So it was amazing how he marked time that way. So that was one of the reasons why my book was like that, even though I don't have as much of an archive. So mine were like a couple paragraphs and I had to. (laughs) But I still love that part about the book and it was such a great time obviously to the title and everything but how each like section was marked off with different music it was just it was really fun to read i really like that and on that note i'm very curious this year do you have any like standout records standout Mm. music that like really maybe not even like the favorites of the year but stuff that like just really stood out or really impacted you in the moment like throughout this year is there anything that comes to mind i know it's kind of on the spot but (laughs) one of my favorite uh, I've had, I guess I could tell you an album and then I'll tell you sure. two artists that I discover that I'm like, Ooh, why I love am I late? Like why yes. am I late? Okay. <laughs> yes. So No Name, who hey. is a oh, rapper yeah. out of Chicago. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. I saw Ooh. her live at what? One Music Fest. She oh. performed mm. the Tabernacle. They did like a Tabernacle show as a part of One Music Fest. And then they did like the all day uh, festival at Liquid Amphitheater. So mm. I went to the the night before, yeah. which was at the Tabernacle, and saw her, and I was like, "Who is this black girl? Yeah. This black girl magic I'm watching on stage is everything. Yeah. Yeah. Goes to, goes to buy the album, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like goes yeah. to like purchase it because yeah. I yes. want it like all my stuff with yeah. this. Oh man, <laughs> loved her album. Yeah. Yeah. Like for Ooh. for oh. months this year, I only yeah. had three albums saved like to my phone. Yeah. Her album, Jill Scott's uh, Light of the Sun. Yeah, oh, and yeah, yeah. salon to seat at the table, okay. and I was nice. like rotating. So it was like yeah. all the black girl things. It was everything. <laughs> yeah. So I loved her. I nice. also heard Thundercat for the first time that <gasps> oh night, God. and oh. his music, like I can count on one hand the amount of times an artist has moved me to tears. Mm. And Thundercat, I was in there just <coughs> boohoo. It was so beautiful. Yeah, it was so oh, yeah. beautiful. 
And just recently, I got a chance to see Kamasi Washington uh, when he was at Variety oh. Playhouse, which was actually on like our, it wasn't Snowmageddon this time, everyone, but um, <laughs> on our on our, on our our snow day, large air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> so we were kind of all like watching social media to see like, is this show yeah. gonna happen? Is it gonna get canceled? The weather and the ice on the roads. And Variety Playhouse was like, show is still on, you yes. know? Awesome. So we were all trudging out there in our little boots, whatever. Yeah. And that was my first time hearing That's Kamasi awesome. Washington live. And again, cried. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe this is gonna become a trend where I just cry more, but I cried at the end of his <laughs> show. It was just yeah. so beautiful. And so, I mean, to use the term harmonizing, mm -hmm. but I don't mean that musically. I mean, in the ways he was using his music to bring people together yeah. that yeah, night. Yeah. So that's been a few artists that I've just been like, yes. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Man. So I feel yeah. like I've always been an emotional person, but as I'm getting older, I feel like I'm crying a lot. I, like <laughs> things that I never thought would move me had like completely, I mean, I mentioned even earlier, like in your book, just a couple sentences. I didn't, I hadn't even heard what happened, but just hearing that, I just was like almost oh, starting man. to cry, you know, like, yeah. oh, this, you know, mm -hmm. so I, that definitely, that definitely, is I that true for to me too? To cry. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. I, like, so I'm a children's, I'm a student ministries director at a local okay. church. And sometimes like I'm talking to kids <laughs> and I feel like I'm so emotional about the experiences, partly because of the broken record thing, right? Like yeah. I know how definitive mm. those moments can be, certain yeah. pains can be for them. So sometimes I'll be talking with a, like a student mm. who's like in elementary school or youth. And all of a sudden, like oh, man. I'll realize that, they've had this hinge pain in their life and I can't fix it. Or like there are things like that wow. where I'll be talking to them and I'll start crying. That's a case where it's not good to cry. Yeah. But when you're listening to <laughs> yeah. music, oh, so if yeah. you're in a oh. room, like if one person starts crying, you're like, okay, it's like, okay to cry. Okay. It's so beautiful. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of that Kamasi Washington show, yeah. he, he closed with his song, Rhythm Changes. Yeah. And it's just been a beautiful night. You know, you're just like, man, this has been so great. You know, you're in like your music moods, you know? Yeah. And I forget the name of the singer, but he had a singer that uh, was with him in his band. And so she starts singing Rhythm Changes. And I don't know the lyrics. I'll totally botch them now. But she's basically listing all these things. Like, you know, these things happen and these things happen. Like, they're good things. They're hard things. They're bad things. But I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm still here. And I was like, me too. I'm here. I made it. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's like such a spiritual experience, yeah, music, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there was. I, a, oh, go ahead. I think that's the sense of like in music or writing, uh, uh, poetry particularly. You find the sense that like, oh, I'm not alone. Someone just said this yeah. this way, and I'm suddenly not yeah. alone in the world. Yeah, that's worth a good cry. I totally. Think. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been really good. We want to make sure uh, before we get any farther to yeah. thank Atlanta Vintage Books for having us. They've been yeah. such a good host. Like you said, it's like a it's like a dream world for it a is. book yeah. person. It's pretty perfect. Um, and then you also said in the like before we started talking that your husband's gonna be mad that you yeah, came here for immediate an immediate regrets. Because like the last time we moved, it's like that's what I have the most of is mm -hmm. books more than clothes, yeah. shoes. Mm -hmm. Those are my like prized possessions. Yeah, is yeah. my yeah. books and our vinyl. And he values the vinyl too. Yeah. But yeah. when he got ready to lift those books, he was like, he was looking at me like, yeah. 
So I've been trying to like do the trade where yeah. like when I buy, if I buy a new physical book, mm-hmm. yeah. then I have to like look through my stacks yeah. to see like, are there just placeholders out here? Like things yeah. that you could give to someone or whatever. Yeah. So now that I'm in here, I, I was telling how I was telling you earlier, I just want to go to a rack and just go do 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 like all the books, like, like yeah. even walking in here to where we're recording, like how it smells like old paper oh, and like, yeah. oh gosh, like the reader in me is like, this is my home, I yeah. love this yeah. place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So we're really grateful. It's a yeah. great space. And, and uh, also, if anyone listening uh, is like comes in here to shop for books, and uh, please, like at checkout, just say Ian and Tim or Tim and Ian sent you, and they'll give you mm-hmm. a little discount, a 10% discount on your purchase. So yeah. that lets them know that uh, people who are listening are coming in to shop. Yeah. And it's really it's great for us, too, because it's kind of how we know. Yeah. How and we know that people are listening and responding. Yeah. And great last minute holiday gifts in here too. Totally. So. Oh yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I'm for like, yourself. I, yeah. I, I was about to say, I might do like some some holiday gifts for me yeah. while I'm in here and be like, let me wrap this for Amina. I know she'd right. like this. Let's put like from a long lost <laughs> uncle or something. Yeah. No one will know. Like, from oh. Santa. I yeah. mean. Santa, perfect. Yeah, that's like your catch all right there. No one's going to tell you he doesn't <laughs> no, exist. No, I'm not going to so. question it. Like, oh, Santa gave it to you. He did. You have something else you want to say? Yeah. <laughs> but Amina, you you came in and we asked you on the spot and yeah. I'm, we're really excited about this. Normally we, we sign off with a book quote, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, we asked you and you said you have a, a poem in progress that's really relevant to this time of year. And so uh, so as we sign off today, first of all, yeah. we want to thank everyone for listening, especially yeah, absolutely. thank you, Amina, so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you for great. having me. I've oh, enjoyed you'll it. you'll have to be back for sure. Yeah, this I is love awesome. that. I yeah. feel like we barely scratched the surface of what all we can talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but here is Amina reading a piece from her poem. Thanks for listening. So this doesn't have a name, but I will uh, try to read a couple of stanzas here. But I basically was writing this thinking about... Uh, 2017 I don't know about for y'all but I know for me and so many people it's been a rough year yeah it's been tough yeah it's like one thing after another after another has been really hard and so I've been trying to uh write write a piece about that so I'll read a couple of stanzas here raise a fist for the survivors the fighters for the triumph and the win for the times overcoming didn't show up in the clothes you thought it would but you did you overcame and you Oh, nothing to no one except praise to your God and love for yourself. But them first breaths, they feel cold. They feel like they will cut your lungs in two. That first step burns. It makes you cry because sometimes when a wound heals, it makes you cry. But you learn to be yourself. You learn to be mended. You learn to make a quilt of a broken heart, of a broken life. Until your body and soul becomes a map, you trace the scars. Until they tell you which direction to go in, you learn your due north. You find your north star somewhere between your ribcage and your pelvis. Remember how the words they said punctured your skin, made you bleed. You apply pressure and yet continue to bleed. But now you know truth, be the best thread for suturing wounds. How time turns a stitch into new skin. How in the old places of pain, new life can grow again.